Hello and welcome to the Glaswegian Geeks. This is another fantastic long show that we're about to do right here, James. Yeah, yeah, today we're talking about um, Tim Burton's Batman. Yes, 1989. 1989. <laughs> um, party like it's 1989, definitely, yes. because this film was pretty good. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, depending on who you ask... Um, oh, hold on, hold on. What do you mean, depending who you ask? Well, you see... In preparation for this, obviously, I watched the film again. Oh, of then, course, didn't didn't we both? <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. that the requirement? But uh, I'd watched a few reviews on it. Oh no, you don't you don't listen to reviews, mate. I do for the laws because oh. you know there's only one word that's law, and it's ours. Like, oh, um, of course, of course, that's where I was going. I like to think we've got the most unbiased view because um, <laughs> we love everything. So I'd watched a few reviews, heard yeah. a few things, and. Um, I do not lie when a lot of people like to compare this film to Nolan's trilogy. Uh, people like to no. compare these films to Nolan's for some reason no, when there's they're no two, comparison. They're, they're two different entities. Okay, right, we'll get into it once we get round to watching all of them because there's too many Batman movies. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. I'll retract that. Okay, just for this podcast, I'll retract something I said. There's lots of Batman movies. There, that's what I meant. And 89 onwards... Up to that whore, uh, Batman and Robin, those are very comical. They're yeah. very kind of ingest kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, name, name a funny thing that happened in the Nolan trilogy. Oh, so that's what it feels like. <laughs> there, boom, three movies and you've got one joke. Fuck off. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> that's how, that was pretty funny. I thought um, I quite liked. Uh, the thing is, is there's no comparison really. There, these, there isn't. these these films, um, starting from Tim Burton and beyond, were all very comical, kind of riding off the back of Adam West. You know, it was oh, this yeah. idea that Batman could still be a goofy character because, let's be honest, he is. I know um, having those ears, you know. Well, just that, saying, mate. Well, that's it. It's it's very much that kind of way where. Um, Batman as a character um, is pretty unbelievable, but he's not supposed to be. You know, yeah, of course. You know, he, it's that kind of way where you've got this character who runs about in a bat suit, fighting crime like there's no tomorrow, and you know that's that that's him. You know, those jokes that can be made left, right, and centre there, and this film certainly does have its jokes, but it's quite a serious film as well. Yes, um, one thing I want to get onto right at the start. Made some notes on the matter, you know. Don't you think Batman's a bit of a shit Batman in this movie? Like, for stopping yeah. crime, you know? Like, uh, yeah, he yeah, allows yeah. Uh, <laughs> that family to, like, get mugged and whatever, and then he only deals with them afterwards? Like, come on. Oh, you would never have Batman in the comics doing that. Batman would be down there kicking balls. So basically, I'll give you a bit of a rundown of the story, starting from the start, you know, kind of family or kind of... Imitating Bruce Wayne's yes. life, the leaving. I actually the forgot. It's been a few years since, well, more than a few years. Don't want to give away my age. A gentleman never tells James. And uh, I honestly was thinking, like, is this Bruce's like origins of Batman? Because I remember it happened in the movie, but then I once it got to, it, I was like, nah. So they're just showing the similarity of it, which is shown later on. So that was the thing. Time doesn't do well for folks' minds. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, this was. This was the very first Batman film I had ever watched. I believe I got it at uh, Christmas in uh, 1999, 1999, because I was born in 1994, uh, because I'll reveal my age, because um, I'm quite proud of my age. I'm uh, old as fuck. I'm saying fuck all. You're, you're like a dad, but you won't hear me calling you daddy on this podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, so you know, this was the first Batman film I'd ever watched. When I was younger, obviously, I really enjoyed it. 
because you know Batman loved it. Aye. Uh, watching it again now, and I still kind of have a really kind of strong appreciation for it because it's quite a Batman accurate film when you take away the you know the shit comedy, the the things like that. I mean. <laughs> Joker is in this film if you didn't know it. So you know <laughs> if Joker's in it, there's going to be some kind of comedy. Oh, but there's some kind of comedy. All I seen was him just going at, just, oh, hold on, turn that dial up to 11, boom. And and the thing is, even though it was very over the top, it fit in with the direction of the movie. Well, yeah, the whole film's quite kooky. It's quite mental. Like, you know, even Batman's costume is fucking mental. Like, it's, I would... I, that's but something I would, that I'd wear on a Saturday night. But I'd still argue that it's better than Christian Bale's costume. Uh, yeah, because I hate Christian Bale's we'll, costume. We'll get into the similarities of the two suits and stuff down the line, but the Nolan stuff, it's a more practical wear, where this is this suit is more of a fantasy wear. Seriously, who in the right mind, a Batman, of course, of all, of all people, wears a total blacked out suit and a big yellow target right in his chest? Which is actually kind of bulletproof, so yeah, kind of worked for him. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing with this film. It's, um, in the 90s everything was a bit mad. You oh. know, everything was a bit tits. Oh, and um, this film certainly rises to that, but, you know, films came after which were much worse oh, of course. Um, so the film opens up with the family leaving a theatre kind of mirroring Bruce Wayne's origin yeah. story not quite as well though because they're trying to get a taxi can't get a taxi so the dad comes up with this fantastic oh, idea oh we'll just go through this alley it's fine it's Gotham it's like were they tourists to Gotham like yeah. you know it's like if you live there you're kind of like oh we don't go through spooky alleys suddenly and you certainly don't take your kid that's not right um, so that happens they, this family get mugged now at this point I'm already disappointed because I expected Batman yeah. to be down there I know Kicking that, fuck that's these what cunts. I actually remembered. I was like, I don't see, I don't see Batman until something happens, and I was like, well, surely he's going to break this up. Oh, nope, I am wrong. Batman's just having a wee bat nap up above. That's saying he sees it happen, but he doesn't do anything. But he doesn't do anything. That's again, first problem. That's not Batman. Batman not. would be down there. Oh, aye, Batman would be like in the middle of that, or even see once he beats him up and whatever, try and find the family, give them their stuff back. No, it, we don't see that, so it doesn't happen. So he's a shit Batman. Right for the get-go, yeah, even right though he's not really shit. So then he catches up with these two, and they're talking about how this Batman isn't, like, doesn't exist, which yeah. to me kind of gives me the vibe that he's just started. This was what I was going to get on at. Once Batman puts the fear of God in them and everything, we're met with the reporter... Vicky Vale. No, uh, what's the guy? The guy's name? Knox? Yeah, because Vicky Vale's in this film, and Aye. it kills me. Aye. <laughs> I hate Vicky but, Vale. Uh, yeah, like... He's talking to one of the police officers and he's like, what's this, eight sightings in one month? So this is technically Batman Year One. Yeah, technically, yeah, yeah, it's technically Batman Year One. Batman's still kicking about, and when he, you know, catches these two muggers, he says, you tell everybody you know about me, which is very Batman. It kind of makes up for not saving the family. So I think it was more to prove a point. It was to kind of build them up, like, ah, Batman's no real, and then it's just like, oh, I'm very real. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm very real. So yeah, this film to me kind of establishes Batman as the the rogue, vi- the road vigilante that he is. Yeah. Um, he's out to prove a point. There's kind of like a lot of filler in between here. There's a bit where Bruce meets Vicky Vale, which is yeah, the whole thing is like mansion. Like, oh, do you know Bruce Wayne? Like, oh, I, I don't know which guy he is, and then he's like. Hmm. Kind of like it looks at you. I'm gonna stalk you. It was, to be honest, it's just it's filler. It's filler. It's love story realness. It's to give you know Bruce Wayne 
something to fight for. I, I don't like it. I, I think Vicky Vale works well as a character when she is purely out to be a sort of Lois Lane character. She's a reporter and that's that's her life. Vicky Vale and Jack Ryder are two characters who kind of work the media and spin it a bit. So having Vicky Vale in a more prominent role I mean, it's been done before, you know, the Telltale Batman games made other villain. That works, but as a love interest for Bruce Wayne, I don't I don't think so, because Bruce Wayne's lovers, let's be honest, are people that can keep up with him. Yeah. You like know, Catwoman and Talia Al Ghul, people who know who he is. And, and are clearly, like, damaged like him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of that. So Vicky Vale being a more human element, but I think that was just to kind of normalise the point, you know, that Bruce Wayne outside of his costume is genuinely just a human being. But we'll get to that because I don't like how Michael Keaton plays Bruce Wayne. Really? We'll get to that after we fill in the story. So, cool. Axis Chemical Plant, uh, because they couldn't call it Ace for some reason, think they were trying to be quirky. Yeah, so, you know, there's attack there, Batman appears, throws... Well, ja- want to know what I want to get into right before that? The whole Jack Napier scene and stuff. Jack Napier. If you yeah. don't know, Jack Napier is one of the Joker's many aliases, and for some reason in this film they decided, let's give that and make that his real name. Yes. Jack Napier is a an alias of the Joker, along with the many hundred others that he has it's just jack napier's the sort of most referred to one so yes jack napier is uh he's sort of like a he's a gangster, gangster. He's, he's he's just he's just cutting about trying to make a point that you know he is you know the the top dog he's yeah. the big man and that's the end of it well, um i want to co- uh, comment on their costumes did you notice that it was very stereotypical gangsters oh yeah they were in the, like, the double-breasted suits yeah. the, the fedoras they were in that <laughs> I was watching this going, and I'm like, when is this from? Because this is screaming like 1950s, 60s to me, just like typical gangster stuff. I don't know, there's kind of like a weird thing, right? Um, And like I say, we'll we'll get into that after the story and stuff like that, but Gotham is a modern city in an old time. That's what it feels like. Gotham has always felt like, you know, it's very modern. There's different adaptions of it, you know, there's the, the Nolan films, you know, where you've got the you, you've got the you, mobile phones, like modern day stuff, but people are still running about in older suits and stuff like that. Very much the same with Gotham and things like that. It's very much how the characters are portrayed, and I think Gotham is a, a modern city and with an old sort of culture. And I like that about it. It's very much a city of gangsters and monsters and... That's how it's always been, you know, you've got Falcone and Maroni, you know, those characters who are very old-fashioned mobsters, they live up to those values. So, I think that's more just a general style choice, because in the comic books, you know, you'll see that sometimes, you know, like, you'll see characters running about in those kind of outfits, but it's still a very modern setting. I like that about it, you know, it's a bit of old and new, it's like they never completely left the older stuff. They just kind of updated it and kept a lot of the same things like that, which makes Gotham stand out as a city to me. It's it's you you, you don't really know what time period it's really kind of at. It's just what it is. Uh, you get to access chemicals. Yeah. Uh, Jack Napier. Everything has to fight. Jack Napier's there for I can't I can't remember why exactly. He's uh, they're doing a bust. They're like trying to break into oh, their standard safe. reason. That was why I never. Really yeah. remember? Yeah, it's just, like just, just a big giant safe. Oh, what's going to be in the safe? <laughs> we Done are all money. We are we are, we are we are dickheads for the sake of being dickheads. That's that kind of plot. 
Uh, and Batman appears. Yes. Um, we get the traditional Which killing joke sort of story. Like good with like how Batman got there. Like Alfred told him in the mansion, like, oh, uh, Master Rose, Gordon and GCPD left rather quickly. And Bruce is just like, okay, I'll I'll but I'll look at my one of many uh, perfect cameras in the mansion. Boom. Oh, okay, they're going there. Oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna sit up. Can we? What? Talk about that Alfred voice. <laughs> what the fuck it was, was that? A, it was a pathetic version of it. But never, it, never get old. Because <laughs> if that's what you sound like, I, I can see you living alone. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I was doing a pathetic old man. He's not no, pathetic. He's doing Alfred. the accent of a pathetic old man. He's Alfred fucking Pennyworth. He is anything but worthless, right? I uh, did I say worthless? I said uh, pathetic. Pathetic's worse. <laughs> You said, oh, this old butler's just a pathetic excuse for an Englishman. <laughs> like, he's not. He's Alfred fucking Pennyworth. Have some respect for your fucking elders. I do. Right? He'll outlive you. <laughs> well, he Bill, has Bill. already and you've not. Like, you know, he's dead. Mario <laughs> won't live as long. That's what I'm saying. Right, anyway. Um, so Batman pushes Jack into the... Well, you know, that, oh, no. that's, that's the thing that I want to get at. See the look on Batman's face. Like You only see his eyes in his mouth. And as a very serious like look, like eyes like pure wide as anything. But the way that it's shot back and forth and then the next shot's closer in Bruce's well Batman's face, it's almost it's almost as if he recognised someone, you know? And then he lets him go on purpose, maybe, to kill him. Because apparently this Batman has no qualms about killing anyone. Well again I I it's not that I don't think that he has qualms killing people. I think I'll, I'll explain it when we get to the end yeah, of the story cool, cool, cool. because it's a kind of callback from the end. But um, yeah, so you know, after that, you know, Joker emerges. You know, the Joker exists, and he goes to like is it his old boss, the old yeah. sort of mob boss, yeah, the one that and kills him, him in. and kills him in the best way. Ever. Like Aye. He shoots him, the guy's pretty much dying, and he's just sitting there like, ah, I'm just gonna kill. This film actually has one of the, the one of the defining soundtracks. Oh, it's, mate. It's Come a soundtrack on. that is constantly used, you know, on everything. You know, Lego Batman uses this music, you know, and a lot of, like, you know, music in terms of, like, other things that have been, you know, in Batman-related shows have called back to this you know it's been similar kind of styles and things like that i mean this was kind of like at the time because i'm pretty sure the animated series came out after this yeah it did so the animated series the, oh the, the, it stole the, the like music the background music f- f- right from it the acclaimed um batman animated series which again if you've not watched go watch it yeah what are you doing with your life go go watch it um even took for this. So it did things right, you know, it was it was very much like, it. the music does a lot to set the scene, even Joker's theme song, it's carnival music, but it's the best thing ever. It's what you would expect, and um, that's why I've got a lot of love for this film. It does pay homage to a lot of stuff with Batman. It is a genuine, like you said, it is a genuine Batman movie. It feels very comic book it feels over the top it is ridiculous it's fantasy who in the right mind came up with oh we're gonna have a guy in a bat suit chasing about a guy in a clown makeup and stuff 
who's terrorising folk. Who in the right mind thinks that up and goes, that's a normal everyday occurrence? <laughs> Shut up. It's fantasy. Like no, it. That's a normal everyday occurrence. I here in Gotham, you know, I mean, I've seen worse. You know, nah, the clown's just, the, the clown looks ridiculous, but I've seen a woman who can talk to plants. Like, that's, <laughs> it just gets worse. Like, <laughs> this shit writes itself. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Joker emerges, kills his boss, and then kind of, a lot of fluff. After yeah. that, um, Joker kind of builds up. The museum scene, though, oh. is, is one of the best I, scenes I would ever. say that's the greatest scene in the movie. It's just the Joker, he appears, he's flaying about like a stick, he's just not... Yeah, okay. he's I'm just gassed everyone, he's just gassed left everyone. Vicky Vale little mask, like, put on now, and she sees... She's not even going to, like, shout and help, she's just like, oh, oh, too, too scared to, like, warn anybody to, like, give them a heads up, leg it for the door. No, selfish cunt. Uh, it's, uh, um, but yeah, then Joker's coming in, they're de- defacing all the art, and it's, the it's, one it's, bit that I see is like, no, don't, I like this one. And it's all dark and gloomy, and just like, this showed you that uh, a little throwback to earlier, the first scene with Jack Napier and his gangster boss, he gives him a deck of cards, and he's like, you're lucky deck. Want to know what I'm going to say? Bad pun time. He's no playing with a full deck. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no! Yes, James, like it. Oh, that is no. why I'm here. Bad puns. No, I told Nicola that last night, and uh, she <laughs> just she just looked at me for about half an hour and just like judging me. I could feel the holes burning right I, through, like heat vision. I don't. I don't have words. I know. Neither do I. Ever. We may as well just end the podcast now. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to continue now. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so that that's probably the most Joker scene that's ever been filmed. Yes. Ever. Yes. Like, it's, it, it's just him being an arse. It's no him... It, to re- look, he's killed all these people, but he feels quite proud of himself. So he's oh, you, a bit you like, would oh, be. Oh, this is oh, uh, um, doing this, doing that, defacing art, you know. And in the song in the background, it's it, it's all very Joker. Fuck, man, that fits so perfectly into the scene. Prince, absolute legend, <laughs> gone but never forgotten. No, 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 no. Funnily enough, Prince wore a lot of purple. So, oh, oh did, did they really? Correlations. Oh, correlations, you know, mate. I never knew about that. Um, and yeah. So, oh, we, we've we've missed some. Do Harvey Dent is in this film, but yes. you know, if you can, if you can, if if you're interested in any word that comes out of Harvey Dent's mouth in this, because he doesn't really say much, doesn't do. He's much. a bit part. I thought if Harvey Dent's in it, we're going to see a bit of Two Face, but no. We were going to see. Oh, and then obviously in later films, you know, we have Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Lee Jones. As um, Two Face, uh, no, they had Billy D. Williams and Tommy Lee Jones. You know, they went for the three barrel name there. I know, so they kept it in continuity, James. I know, but one of them's black and one of them's white. I'm are you quite what? Are you bringing race into this? I'm, I, no, I'm bringing continuity <laughs> into this. Do you know what I mean? These films might be like four different films, but they fall under the same <laughs> quadrilogy of films. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> See, to be honest, I don't even think Tommy Lee Jones' character really goes into detail about what, what Two Face he is. No, he's just a chaotic. I don't, he's, I don't, I don't even think he's. Is he actually ever referred to as Harvey Dent? Yeah, they, they show a scene in the courtroom. Right, serious fucking continuity error there, right? Billy D. Williams plays him in this, and I want to see Billy D. Williams kick up fuck oh, as Two Face. That's what I wanted. Why did they not keep him? Why did they not bring him maybe back? Maybe money. Day something about Tommy Lee Jones probably would have cost me. I don't like, know. I don't know. 
Right, we won't get any. Anyway, anyway that's, that's, that's for uh, Batman Forever. That's anyway, film. I just I just got angry there, mate. It's okay, James. Um, Billy D. Williams, love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, so yeah, after the museum scene, which is like probably there's no better scene than this. To be honest, the museum scene is the best scene ever. Oh, of um, course. Mo- a bit more fluff. Yeah, the Bruce chase Wayne, scene. But Bruce the Wayne, chase scene was chase. very fluffy. You know, Batman fat shaming Vicky Vale. How much do you weigh? Like, seriously, what the fuck? He fat shamed us. Yes, he went. After he fights off the guys, he went, think he'll weigh a little bit more than, what was it, one, 108? <laughs> Fucking prick. He's a shit Batman. He's got no feelings, no emotions, and he's a fat shaming cunt. <laughs> Shaming I never clicked on that. Mate, I, remember, I did. I, I remember as soon as they said to her, like, what do you weigh? And she's like, oh, I, th- I think it's 108. I'm not sure. But she says it and I'm like, I think he fucking has a digger afterwards. <laughs> and he does. God. That is, that is, that is, I, I never clicked on that. I, I mean? like, watch I, it again. You will enjoy it even more now that I pointed it out. <laughs> Fat shaming Bruce Wayne. <laughs> But I mean, I suppose, you know, he's Bruce Wayne, he can do whatever the fuck he likes. I know, sorry, point. sorry that my cape weighs about maybe 40 pounds, but see, because you weigh just over 108 pounds, you, you fat bitch, you made my mechanism break, I had to fight off those guys, you know, I had to <laughs> take a bullet to the chest. That's, that, that's, that's, um, that, that's classic that's sexism joke, I, isn't it? Like, it's, no. it's, it was just, the, it, it was like, in films at the time, you know, there was casual sexism, and Every now and again, <laughs> casual racism. Um, not that I agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. No, neither do I. This, this film does. Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, depending <laughs> who plays him, can be a bit of a misogynist. In my opinion, Mario, I think that Bruce Wayne is a bit like James Bond. Yes. I think every actor that plays him will play him differently. And as we all know, Piers Brosnan was a bit of a... He was the kind of misogynist James Bond who liked to shag about and all that. Didn't they all? I'm getting this impression for Michael Keaton. <laughs> like, <laughs> they all did. Sean Connery. Oh. But he's no Sean Connery levels, Michael Keaton. No. But uh, Michael Keaton is very much like. He, he's weird. Yeah. He, he can play off Nicholson. That scene in a scene when the Joker comes to the apartment and Bruce Wayne's there. Yeah. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been in a relationship for five and, years. And <laughs> Uh, my favourite line from the movie came in that scene. That that is actually and my the line. the line of uh, the the name of the episode. <laughs> James, <laughs> never rub another man's rhubarb. I'm rubbing yours right now. <laughs> <laughs> never rub another man's rhubarb. Like, Fantastic. I, I think it's it's an absolute Joker line, isn't it? Yeah. It's just one of the lines you would expect him to say just because he likes to make things awkward. There is a thing with this film, though. It very much seems like the Joker's out for Vicky Vale. Yeah, it's very Harley forced. Quinn it's very forced. Way. Like, <gasps> she's beautiful. Like, and just, mate, Joker's not really like that. Like, I like. But I suppose it's that sort of Harley Quinn-esque way, isn't it? No, because he's sort of sitting there like. Mm, I'll have you because I want you sort of thing. No, not because I'll have you, because I fucking can. Aye. I, 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 I can do anything. I can go after you. That's the kind of thing Jack Nicholson brings to the table. It very much feels like that. It very much feels like a Joker who thinks that he can get away with everything. Well, he does for a while. He does for like, a while, aye. In the final, uh, one of the final scenes of the Joker when he's doing the television ad for 
come out, celebrate with me, I'll give away 20 million, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've never done murder. I've, I've never murdered anyone. <laughs> and it's like, hold on, you murdered an entire museum of people, and then you, you like, stabbed, the stabbed a guy in the throat in front of people. So you never done a murder. That's, that's something I love about People criticise that bit, and I love it, because that's something the Joker would do. Aye, oh, in I've broad daylight. Like, I've never done that. It's like, <laughs> jo- Joker, we know you've done it. We, we, we've seen you do it. We've been present when you've done it. Oh, I've never done that. No, you're not blind. me. You're blind. That's the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... that's The Joker knows what he is, and he never denies it. But for the sake of being a cunt, he'll be <laughs> like, ah, he's a raw taking it too far. <laughs> like, I've... I killed a few people, but who hasn't? You know, we all make mistakes. It's, I liked that. That was very. That was very Joker to me. It was very. It it it, 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 it had me laughing because I yeah. was just sitting there going, "I can't justify this anymore, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> like we've got to do something about this." But then, obviously, he gets a hold of Vicky Vale and he's dancing with her on the rooftop. Then, and yeah. The well, before even that, one of the best kind of Joker things in the movie. Like, we've seen a couple of funny stunts from him, the electric buzzer and stuff. Oh, the electric buzzer, of course. Like, he's a little bit hot under the collar. (laughs) Like, these are really, like, throwaway lines. It's just adds to him, you know? It shows how fucking mental he is. It adds to the cheese, but Joker always has been, like... Even in his darkest moments, like sometimes he'll hit out with the cheesiest line. Yeah, and like it, and it in, 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 in the Dark Knight, the pencil, ta da, ta da, ta da, like, and I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> that poor guy's eye. <laughs> he's <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> he's fucking dead. Um, everybody who plays the Joker, and like I say, um, everybody will play him differently. No two people will ever play him the same. Jack Nicholson does portray the old-fashioned gangster Joker who very much just doesn't care. He does what he wants because, like you say, he can, and that's it. Heath Ledger played an anarchist, someone who was out to prove a point. And Jared Leto's is, you'll slap me for this, right? Hold on, hold on, I'm just warming my hand up. But Jared Leto's Joker is kind of like Jack Nicholson's. James, there's a window right there and I'm not afraid to throw it <laughs> I'll out. I'll tell it. you why, right? Because both gangsters, yes, they're both two men who act on impulse and yes. get what they want because they can. True. Both um, just kill for the fun of it. Yeah. Both um, do what they want when they want. And, they, and I could see Jack Nicholson driving a purple Lamborghini. Yeah. I Try and deny it. Yeah, well... It's, I, it's, I could see that happening. It's a weird one. No, I prefer Jack Nicholson to Jared Leto. I am one of the very few people that actually like Jared Leto because I think he did bring... I'll appreciate anybody who brings something new. A lot of people want to see the Joker as in the comic. You're not going to get that because Mark Hamill's never going to play him in a film. No, unfortunately. Let's be honest. But people can play him in a certain way. And I totally believe that... Jared Leto gets a bit too much stick. Because see if Jared Leto didn't have the tattoos. The tattoos are the big problem with Jared Leto. I wouldn't say so. Like They are to uh, a lot of people. I know, I know. Like, here's the thing. like You talk about different iterations of Batman, Joker, Robin, Nightwing, whatever you want, okay? Like, hell, look, look, we'll go to the whore, right? Batman and Robin, we've got Bane that's just... It says his fucking name. We've got like, a skinny guy 
We know no fuck all backstory about him. He's got this venom chucked in, and now all he can say is Bane. Like, seriously. Like, and then you go to Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. There we go. Fucking mind wipe. Which there. is a completely Which different... Which a different Bane is a more serious take on it. Who's to say in one of the future Batman movies we're not going to see Bane? Let's be honest, people would want to see that. So, like, different iterations. Allowed to put their own wee spin on it. It's, it adds character, it does different things. Batman and Robin, on the other hand, done fuck all for character building and progression. They went, they fucking devolved. They might as well turn them into a fucking skeleton. Well, I am. Um, but we'll, Run over. We'll, we'll touch on that in a wee minute. Um, <laughs> in a few story. episodes. We'll finish that. Yes, in a yes, wee yes. Minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite. One of my favorite scenes. The Joker. He's got his the long. long he's got his long coat, and he's just like, open. And you're thinking, come on, a pistol's going to take that. Hang out. It's flying towards you, and then just it's like two foot long, like boom, done. That's, that that is, is so comical. That is so Joker. It is unreal. That is very much what you would expect. Even a serious like Joker. an over the top like moment, another over the top moment in an over the top movie. Perfection, perfection, James. It was purely like a lot of the things Jack Nicholson done is purely for comic relief and. It works so well because his character is a dark character. He does some pretty twisty things in this, but in very great Joker fashion. He he runs over it, like making fun of it, joking about it. He makes a dark situation seem less dark than yes. it is. And that is that is why Jack Nicholson to me is still king. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's he, Hands down. He portrays that character. If you want comic accurate Joker, this is the film. Oh, because you will see it. A two foot long revolver down his trousers. Just like he's hidden. He's hidden. Head, head it's, it's, it's how long it takes to actually be pulled out. Like, I'm waiting on, like, hell, it might be something that I do once we're done. Uh, the revolver, like, just cut it over and over again so it makes it look as if he's pulling out a 10 foot gun. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Like, there's loads of things, like, let's say, from the museum and everything, you know. Just perfection, I think. Aye, um, hands down. But past this scene, we're at the end. Vicky Vale's dancing with the Joker. Uh, yeah, she's a dead weight. She does not give a fuck about Joker. Just like, and then she goes to like, pretend to suck him off, and then yeah. Batman appears and punches oh, fucking. I him. love purple. <laughs> fuck off, then. <coughs> You're so purple. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Batman kicks fuck at him, then you know. Attaches yes. his foot to a gargoyle, <laughs> and the Joker dies. Yes, he falls. Well, yeah, he falls. Oh, he hold on, we're forgetting about the last henchman involved, oh. like the one that actually gives Batman a proper scudding. Oh, like he's I? got the kind of like chain, and he's like pure taking it to him. And he, it looks as if he's like dealt with him, chucked him down the bell tower, and then just Batman feet hook flip, and yeah. he basically kills the guy. There's no way he's going to live for that. Yeah. At yeah. best, he's going to be a vegetable, like, for the neck down. Well, come on, we can't say words like that. <laughs> okay, he's going to be a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Moving on. So, now that Mario has, um, you know, uh, elaborated what happened to the yes. last of Joker's henchmen, which no one cares about. <laughs> oh, come on. The guy had more screen time than any other henchman there. And he gave <laughs> Batman a proper scudding. I, I'll appreciate that because he gave Batman a proper scud and I'm into that. I'm into that. And then obviously 
yeah, we move on, and then, and then it's the end. I but know. back to what I was saying, there's the bit where Batman is looking at the Joker before the Joker, when the Joker grabs him, yeah. and it's the same scenario from Ace Chemicals, where he looks and he knows this is the guy who killed his parents. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, he lets him go. Like, oh, aye, in the chemicals. He wants him to die. Oh, aye, he's like, like, hold on, like... Because he knows, but then later on it's like, you know, when the Joker says, if you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, that's when he clicks. And he's like, oh, fuck, this is this, the guy who this is him. him. This is him, and I've made him worse. <laughs> like, and but there is a classic, you made me, I made you, as Batman references. Like, that is cinematically beautiful to tie that in. Like, the, an earlier iteration of the Joker, just gangster, Jack Napier, just gunning, mugging, killing. Why? Because he can. He creates, inadvertently, creates Batman. Well, you know, it's, it's, and then it's, Batman inadvertently going like, I don't need you look familiar. I'll let you go. Well, that's, that's he it. Creates I, a I don't appreciate, like, I mean, the, the important thing about Batman is that he's rule not to kill. That's not to say that Batman hasn't killed before. Right? And he has. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah. He's not been a nice man. But he tries to avoid it when he'll only kill if it's genuinely necessary and he will not be happy about it if he has to do it. That is the that's his kind of burden, and a lot in this film, yeah, he does he, he does kind of rip the ass out of it a bit. Nolan's films, to their credit, he doesn't really kill anyone. Doesn't kill no, the Joker, no. but he he kills he kills Bane. <laughs> well, doesn't Not he even Catwoman kills Bane? He just doesn't he choose to save. Uh, yeah, he chooses Raz to save uh, Raish Talia. Yeah, like he that. just chooses not to. But that's the thing, like, if he'll let someone die, if it's not his fault. No, if, if on, on the rooftop in Dark Knight Rises, is like, no guns, no killing. Aye, if it can be avoided, yeah. he's not going to do it. And um, that's a good thing. This film, obviously not. And as we know, Batman vs Superman completely didn't give a <sighs> shit about that. So the no-kill rule is kind of, it's a strong point. It's a strong moral point. It's a grounding point that he tells himself he'll never go too far. He'll never become what he fights. And that's that presents a challenge. A lot of people miss that. A lot of people are like, well, why does Batman just not kill people? It's like because then he turns into the Punisher, and people don't like the Punisher. Yep. So you know, it's it's the rock in the hard place. Do you know what I mean? Do, well, he'll fight for the rest of his life, and realistically, he'll never win, but he'll keep trying. And that is a strong moral point. This film, I don't get that message from it. Yeah. The, a lot of this film, I feel, was all about the Joker. It really was. It's Let's be honest. Who's at that time? Tim who, who, who's a bigger star? Tim, let's, let's Tim be Burton probably would have only done this film so that he could do the Joker. Because the Joker, let's be honest... Is, is the greatest villain. Is, is basically, Tim Burton could have made him up. If he Very was, true. Tim Burton like, would look at the Joker and be like, I, I look at you as like a, a, you know, a distant son. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, Tim Burton really brought the Joker to life. And nothing... Really, unless they go back to this style, it's yeah. never going to better that. You know, like I say, like mm, you know, I would say, maybe the stuff that is better is maybe the uh, DC's animation. But then again, it's, it's yeah. But like why Mark Hamill and a couple others have had so many chances to do the Joker and stuff that they've had a maybe a better opportunity at it. Where like in this, how? Uh, how long was the movie? Like two hours? Yeah, maybe. Two hours ish. Yeah, so, hour like, how much screen time did uh, Nicholson get as Joker? Maybe, like, maybe 
15 minutes, 20 minutes? It's not, that, that. that's not what I mean. What I mean is, well, we'll finish the story now so we can cool. go into the wee tidbits. Yeah. I think that Nicholson in this plays him so well because he was given this sort of... I, I think at the time Nicholson was fucking mental anyway. So he, portray, he portrays this character in such a way where he's an unpredictable person and he's an unpredictable character. Now, even before he was the Joker, he was like that. But the sudden transformation made him worse. And that is quite important here because when Nicholson does things comedically, they're always after something dark that has happened. If you were to compare that to, say, The Dark Knight, completely different Joker. He is still a good Joker. He's just, you know, to me, I look at The Dark Knight and think he's not playing... He's a different iteration of the Joker, but he's not the Joker to me. You know, that's not how I view that character. The Joker in The Dark Knight wouldn't really... The only time I think he ever done anything comical in that film was twice. That wasn't, like, sheer madness. It was genuinely comedy. First time was the magic trick with the pencil. Yeah. Because his reaction to it was incredible. The second was when he blew up the hospital. And he's walking, and he's just sitting there going, oh, well, why did that not explode? And then he blows the hospital up. Those are two really dark scenes, and two really dark things happen. A guy gets murdered, and a hospital gets blown up. That is quite a really dark thing. And then those are immediately followed up with a little bit of humour because of how the actor acted as the Joker. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Because that is what the Joker does. He makes a big deal seem like nothing. Like it's normal. And I can do that. This is fine. That is again one of the issues I have with Jared Leto. Because he never done that. You know. He would like you know he would do dark things. And he would say really dark things. But there was no comedy after it. When it's a big part of the character. The fucking Joker in the comic book. Became an emperor. And ate the entire population of China. Right. That sounds mad. Because it fucking is, right? Like, to this day, I still don't believe it happened. But the Joker's monologue of it, how he talks about it, is quite sinister and funny. Because he's just like, um, um, I've got all this power, I can do what I want, and that's it. It's, it's madness, which is what the Joker is. This film, I thought, captured it. And I think that that's one of the great points about it. I mean, even if you look at the Joker and the animated things, they can do so much more with them because they've got that freedom. You know, they're not limited by what an actor can do, which is why animated kind of works. And as we know in the animated series, you know, the bit where he bitch slaps Harley and yeah. he's just gone about his business, like, oh, woman, like, you know, stuff like that. It sends a strong message because what he's done is wrong and you know it's wrong, but to him, <laughs> it's nothing. You know, that, that gives you an in-depth look at his character on the basis of he will do literally anything and then make you feel like I've done fuck all wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's him. And that's why he is such a good character. Not because of domestic violence <laughs> and stuff like that. I do not condone that. But how his mind must work. And you'll never understand it. And I like that. This film, I think, done that. Yeah. You know, whatever he done, he followed up with a, a punchline. And you were sitting there going, why am I laughing at this? This is horrible. Like, you know, it's... But yeah, that's why I think Jack Nicholson which should... I, I, don't, I, I think he gave a very special performance. I gave a strong. I don't like his smile. He went. <laughs> yeah, the he smiles like mm. the prosthetics <laughs> of it were very over the top. The kind of high cheek smile grin, you know, it, that was a little bit off putting. But when you look at it properly, it was very comedic, mm-hmm. very comic book style. Well, like I've said about everything else in the movie, it's over the top. It's Aye. fantasy. It's 
there to for there for a release. Take your mind off things and just lose yourself in a movie. And like we're not picking at it, but it does look a little bit off. But overall, it helps with his overall creepy smile. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like I say, you know, the Joker. I think it helped to add that he was disfigured because the Joker in the books is disfigured. Yeah, like he doesn't have the constant smile. But well, now there, there was a point where he did. You know, like he, he was constantly just laughing and smiling all the time. Now you see him in a more controlled fashion in a lot of things nowadays. Um, so yeah, like it's 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 how an actor portrays him. I don't know who will play him next. I don't even know if Jared Leto will play him again. But I would like to see Jared Leto do something like this. I'd well, like a bit to more fun and I'd like him to be funny and almost like. Ah, you know, I day I day because for the lols, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me because, like I say, the Joker doesn't do anything for any reason. That was established. There's a lot of similar connotations. Heath Ledger when he burnt the pyramid of money, and he was like, "I don't need money. I just done it because you know, you just couldn't have it." And that 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 sent shockwaves through everybody because he just burnt like all like half of their money, and all the Jokers would do that. You know, any joker just would do that. Why? Because I want to create chaos. If you merge the three jokers we've had the new, and give them Mark Hamill's voice, you've got the perfect. I was going to, I was going to say you're cutting out my faves, which is Hamill. That, before you said that, oh, I, was no. about, I was about to Hamill's, jump on you. Hamill's the defining voice. Yes. Just like I would say, Kevin Conroy's the defining Batman. You know, it's that. But they're voice actors, and Mark Hamill is an actor. But you're not going to see him play the Joker now. Like, I mean, look at the age of him. Like, Dark Knight Returns. You could, because he's I would size. say that. I would, I'd, I'd pay good money for that. I probably would. Whether it happens or not, I highly doubt it. Doubt but it. It would be, doubt it would be cool. It would be cool. Um, yeah. So another thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up was how Gotham looked. It, well, it, well, it looked very gothic and industrial. It looked like Gotham, which, and the Dark Knight, and you know, Suicide Squad, and. Batman versus Superman. I don't get everything. Sort of made more modern. This was made in the nineties. A lot of it was set and stuff like that. You know, set design and things like that. And a lot, of, and you can see the sort of issues with it, like yeah. in the bigger open scenes. But this film had a Gotham that looked like how I would expect Gotham to look. Um, it looks like a city, but it looks like a city you've not seen before, like a really dark city that you know anything could happen. And and it's it's not clean. It's not. I love yeah, the it city. It's grungy, dirty, grungy. Yeah. Just, well, obviously you've got the criminal element as well. It's not a pretty city, but it doesn't try to be, and that's that's why I like that. You know, it's totally the city I expect Batman to live in. A lot of things nowadays try to pin um, Gotham to be just a normal city, when in the books it's really not. <laughs> like it's it's fucked up. Even in the even in the games, like the Arkham games and things like that, Gotham is made out to be a filthy city. It's not a clean and tidy image to look at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think Gotham was done quite well in this. For the 90s, obviously. Take it for what it is. Yep. So, James. Do you yes. know that this is also an Oscar-winning movie? Is it? Yes. Did not know that. Best art direction and set direction. Which works in with what, what just you said. just said. Oh, beautiful. So, beautiful. Suicide Squad isn't the only DC uh, Oscar-winning movie. 
so you can rest rest in peace. Like I say, Suicide Squad won an Oscar for the only fucking thing that it could. Do you know what I mean? Like this actually won the first set. I'm surprised like no one got uh, well got an Oscar for their acting, either Nicholson or Keaton. Just saying. I just, just I, I, in terms of acting part, I don't like Michael Keaton's acting. I don't like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Um, I like him as Batman, but not Bruce Wayne. This seems to be a recurring theme. I think maybe you'll appreciate him more in Batman Returns. I, th- I feel there's a lot more Keaton, uh, Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, and that's, it's just like, he's sort of still angsty. Like, it's like he's he's still fresh off his pants well, being killed. This, this is stuff. the thing. This is Batman Year One. That's mm-hmm. what you need to remember. Well, that's not officially stated. Though, well, they know. do officially state it by saying, oh, this is the eighth sighting in one month, James. <laughs> okay. So that's what you want. Also, another thing, Commissioner Gordon has the smallest part in this film. Oh, <laughs> he's got an even smaller part in Batman Returns. <laughs> I know, I remember. I think, like I, think, he's I think he's actually in less in Batman Returns than he is in this. Like, and he's not even in this for any more than like five like, minutes. Like, I'd say five scenes combining maybe two minutes worth. <laughs> F that. Commissioner Gordon I think the longest scene is in Wayne Manor at the crap, uh, craps mm. table. Yeah, I think that's the longest scene yeah. that he's been in. I mean, this is the thing, Commissioner Gordon has never been that character. Like, no, nope. he was at a point, but he, he was always very keen. Yes, you know, uh, I've never seen Commissioner Gordon in such an undercut way in my life. Absolutely <laughs> shocking, mate. It was shocking. I love him. Give him more time. Give him his own film. I'd watch that. So, James, this is a part of the show that I love. Okay. I'm applying the prices, right? Nice yes. to see you, to see you nice. Yes. And Mario is going to tell me the tell me to guess a budget. Yes. And I'm going to guess it. Um, and then he's going to tell me how much that film actually made. Yes. You yes. can play along at home. There are no prizes, unfortunately. So. Yes, this is a no prize award, people. So, um, so yes, yes. So, uh, <coughs> James. Yes. How much did this movie take? Hey, sorry, take to make. Take to make, uh, Take to make. 10 million? Higher. Yeah, higher? Higher. Much higher? Yes. 100? No, 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 no. Lower, lower, way lower. Last oh. last try. I'm thinking it's mid region. I think mm. mid region. Is, is your decision? Million? Cost $35 million to make. Really? Yes. That's actually quite surprising. I know. I've, I, I've seen. Lost films have uh, more. Let, think, let's put it in perspective, right? Captain America, nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. thirty million. Remember? Oh, I don't want to remember. Yeah, that <laughs> took thirty million. That was like a non-movie. That was, that was just Captain America on holes, you know, holiday abroad. <laughs> have fun in the sun with Captain America. You with Captain America. <laughs> yes, and uh, right. Okay, so th- thirty-five mil. Okay. And it made worldwide at the box office four hundred and eleven million dollars. That's Jesus pretty, Christ. That is pretty good. Uh, I can see why they went with four movies, uh, uh, three movies following this, because yeah. it made a shit well, ton of money. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, obviously, we'll, we'll review the other films. Yes, of course. Day, but Tim Button was not part of them all. No, he was not. I think he was only in Returns. Yep. Which Returns is again another fantastic film. Yes. Um, because again, it keeps this same thing, but it's still fresh. Yes, I think. Um, 
and then whatever comes after is just you know shit liable for death yeah uh, there's a death sentence there for anybody that says it's a good one but overall I'm lying. would you would you rate this classic comic book movie yeah I would rate it uh, compared to everything and obviously tying in nostalgia factor having watched it as a child I would say this is a solid 8 out of 10 I'd, I'd probably give it. I'd probably give it an eight, and I'll base that on you know, you know. I like the set design of Gotham. I like how Gotham looks, even though at some points it does look a bit unbelievable or unrealistic. I like it. Um, I like Nicholson. I think Nicholson really gave a good performance. I'm no big on Keaton, but yeah. I th- like you say, in returns, I think he found his feet with it more. And if I remember right, he does. And, and let's be honest, like trying to like, m- like, create your uh, your def- your like your role as a-, a character like Bruce Wayne is pretty hard in one movie. So like, yeah, like and uh, three and four we had Val Kilmer, then George Clooney as Bruce Wayne, Batman. Uh, hell, hell, maybe if they were given another movie each or something to kind of expand on it a little bit better. Maybe it would have been better for them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that is the thing. I think they done themselves a disservice by killing the Joker off in the first film. Yeah, that, it's a major thing for it me, like killing like off a major villain in the first go. I think like it obviously had a lot of power to it, and like I say, in this film they make out that the Joker killed his parents, which has never really happened. Again, it's it's a, it's a resulting factor that people dislike, but it's. I'll deal with it because, like I say, when you watch it, it's sort of, it's not like there's a big plot hole. Why it does go back and say that you know he done this when he was younger. Yeah, I've always put the Joker and Batman around about the same age. I don't like seeing one of them being older than the other. For well, some reason. it could be that maybe Jack Napier at the time was maybe early twenties. You know, like. And Bruce, maybe you're eight, nine, so like there is a little bit of a gap, but not too much, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like to just put them as mortal enemies who are sort of, you know, at the same time as their lives, but on completely different paths. Yeah. That's how I've always viewed them. And like a lot of Batman's villains, that's how I view them. Um, so, like I say, I, Michael's acting is a bit subpar, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it does get better. Uh, Nicholson steals the show. Oh, hands he's, down. He's a lovable villain, and a lot of films should have a lovable villain, um, purely because, you know, he doesn't have a sad story, that's the thing I like about him. He's happy to be the Joker. Yeah, he's like, if, if you had like something like uh, the Killing Jokes Joker origin for him, would you feel the same way? Mm, probably not, let's be honest. No, but the fact is, is you know, he fell into this fat of chemicals, he emerged the Joker, he is living for it, yeah. and he's just gone, I'm loving life, do you know what I mean? And I mean, that's the chemicals fucking a bit with him, but... Yeah, the the whole effect of him not playing with a full deck, James. Yeah, but he's enjoying it, and I love it. <laughs> I think if... That's the thing, Nicholson feels like he's enjoying himself, it looks like that, and that helps. You know, like other actors who have played him, even Mark Camel. You can tell in his voice that he enjoys that. Like, of course. You know, he enjoys, you know, bringing that character to life. Whereas, yeah, 
Ledger and Leto play two completely different kinds of jokers, but they don't look they didn't look like they were enjoying themselves and that maybe didn't help their characters. But e- like I say, even in that hospital scene, you know, when he's walking out in the nurse outfit and everything, yeah. it is perfection because it, it looks like he's enjoying himself and it's like, oh, this is great. I'm so proud of myself. That's what makes the Joker to me, you know, a character that does evil things but discredits how bad they are. So, like, eh, fuck it. You know, that's, that's how it yeah. should be. And Leto hasn't done it and I hope he does because I think that could win people over. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, I think we've said all we can to say. Yep. On that note, James... And everybody, that's another show for the Glaswegian Geeks. You can follow us on Twitter at all one word, Glaswegian Geeks. You can get us on Facebook at Glaswegian Geeks. We're also on SoundCloud, Glaswegian Geeks. And if you have a search for us on iTunes Podcasts, we're right there under, funnily enough, Glaswegian Geeks. Yes, subscribe. Let us know. Rate, review, subscribe. And once again, geek out, guys. Mario? Yes, James. I've noticed that t-shirt you're wearing. Where this, did this, you get it? This one, this uh, Evil Dead and the Walking Dead crossover. Where did you get it? I got it from Rip Taparo, James. <gasps> Rip Taparo? Yeah, Rip Taparo. They, they do three daily teas. If you don't get them within 24 hours, they're gone from existence, James. Oh, la la. I know, it's shocking, ain't it? So that's why you need to get them right the second. Right the second? Well, the second that you see them, because they're going to be gone the next day. Well, I'm poor. I've got I've got bills to pay. Well, that's the thing. If you use the code Glaswegian Geeks, you save ten percent. But I think I'll do that right now. I think I'll go to Rip Taparo right this second and I'll buy a t-shirt. Oh, look at that! There's a wee, there's a couple of wee LGBT t-shirts there. Yeah, oh, I quite like a, them. Get a whole ten percent on that. Gays buy a t-shirt. Straight people buy a t-shirt. Everybody buy a t-shirt. It's great. Thank you ever so much for showing me Rip Taparo. Rip Taparo are the best, James. So what do I do? Right, I, I, I like this. I like this one. I'm gonna get this one because it's very gay, like me, and I want to wear that. What do I do? You just add it to your cart. Okay. Right, you just go right to checkout, James. Done. And then see where it says apply code. You mm-hmm. stick that Glaswegian Geeks, all one word, right in that box. You ram that Glaswegian Geeks right in oh, that box, oh, James. Oh wait, I think I've accidentally just bought it without putting the code in. Oh well, that doesn't save you ten percent, James. Oh, oh well. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Don't make the mistake I made. Use Glaswegian Geeks at the checkout and save yourself 10% if we didn't make that clear.